18. Praise God. Luke 18. Again, reading at verse number 1. Amen. So thankful for all of our guests that are here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 18. I do want to say to you, I know I haven't said a whole lot, but I am thankful for the opportunity that Brother Riggin gave me to preach these services while he's been gone. Amen. I, it means a lot to me that he would entrust me with that. Amen. I know what it's like to be pastoring a church and leave and someone else cover service. Amen. And you wonder all the time what's going on. Praise God. So it's a privilege, amen, to be here preaching these services. Praise God. Luke 18. In verse number one, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Praise God. For a little bit tonight, I want to speak on the subject, Never. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Praise God. Lift your hands. Ask the Lord to have his way in this place. Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. God, we need your touch today. Need your help in this place, God. It's asking, Lord, that your perfect will would be done in this service today, God. Lord, we need your touch. We need your help today, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift up your voice. Amen. Give him some praise in this house today. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. October the 29th of 1941, Winston Churchill went by the Harrow School. Amen. Where he had attended as a boy. And he came by for a time of the singing of the old school songs. And, and while he was there, they invited him to give a speech. you got to remember, they are something like ten months into a war. A war that they went into, amen, where their enemy had far superior equipment to this point. Amen. Their enemy was much more aggressive at the beginning. Amen. Their enemy came after them, even though they hadn't started fighting against them. They, they were a surprise attack. You, you got to understand where they were. They were not prepared for this war. Amen. And uh, here he was. There's one paragraph from his speech. It was a, a lengthy speech, but he said, you cannot tell from appearances how things will go. Amen. Amen. That, there's a lot of truth right there. 
You cannot tell from appearances how things will go. Sometimes imagination makes things out far worse than they are. Yet without imagination, not much can be done. Those people who are imaginative see many more dangers than perhaps exist. Certainly many more than will happen. But then they must also pray to be given that extra courage to carry this far-reaching imagination. But for everyone, surely, what we have gone through in this period, I am addressing myself to the school. Surely, from this period of 10 months, this is the lesson. Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. He said, we stood all alone a year ago into many countries. It seemed that our account was closed. We were finished. All this tradition of ours, our songs, our school history, this part of the history of this country were gone and finished and liquidated. He said, that's what everybody said a year ago. But here, 10 months later, we're standing still. And we've learned a lesson. And our lesson is to never give in. Not to the overwhelming force, seemingly overwhelming force of the enemy. Never give in. In things great or small, large or petty, never give in. Hallelujah. There is no doubt today that we too are standing on a great battlefield. And there may be times in our life where we feel like the enemy's coming in with an overwhelming force. But I want to tell you tonight, never, never, never give in. Never give up in things great or small. But keep your mind fixed. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And never give up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That same man, he stood up one day at the beginning of the war. He said, I have nothing to offer you but blood, sweat, and tears. I'm telling you, that's still what we have to offer is our blood, sweat, and tears. Giving of ourselves because I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'll give what I've got. I'll give every bit of my energy. I'll give my blood. I'll give my tears because I'm never, never, never going to give up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another one of his speeches. He stood up there in a dreary time in there in the war. And he said, I'm going to tell you what. When this is all over, men are still going to say that this was their finest hour. Standing there with those army those planes coming over and bombing constantly bombing having to find shelter and his all thing was helter skelter life was going crazy but Winston Churchill said they're going to look back and say that this was our finest hour you want to know why it was their finest hour because somewhere in the middle of those bombs in the middle of those attacks they found unity they bound together and said ha we're not going to give up we're not going to give in we're not going to quit and it was their finest hour 
the day that we're living is not the time for petty differences to affect our church services. It's not time to let our little differences come in to the house of God. But it's time to bind together, to fight together as a common cause. Hallelujah, the face of the greatest attack maybe ever. We can bind together and they'll say that this was our finest hour. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we have spent a couple of weeks bound together in prayer and we're starting to see the results of it. It's not time to quit. It's not time to give up. It's not time to say, well, we get back off. This is our finest hour. That's the hour to bind together. The finest never before. To never, never, never give up. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. One of the biggest problems they had in the Vietnam War was they didn't have that unit that bound together. They were there for a year. And when they left, they plugged some green recruit, never fought a minute into those places and there wasn't that unity they had when they first went over they hadn't trained together they hadn't got to trust each other and therefore there was constantly division they weren't bound together like they needed to be distrusting each other Not wanting that young new guy, not trusting him to keep the night watch. So they thought he'd fall asleep. Criticize him for everything they did. There was no unit cohesion. And I'm telling you, in this war that we're in, if we're going to win, it's going to be because we do it together. Hallelujah. This ain't one-on-one warfare today where we're in. I'm telling you, we've got to bind together in unity. We've got to bind together with the same focus and the same goal is to see the kingdom of God advance. I'm not in this for what I can get. I'm not in it for what kind of position I can get. But I'm in it to see the kingdom of God go forward, to push the kingdom of God one step further, to reach somebody, to help somebody, not for my glory, but for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something about a unit, amen, that fights together. Amen. I've heard many stories. I I was never a fighter, okay? But I've heard stories about some that were. (coughs) I've had friends that have told me stories about how them and a friend or two of theirs could go and clean a room out by themselves because they knew how to fight together. Hallelujah. When we can learn to fight together. You say, but man, the bombs are falling. I got to get to shelter, huh? Well, you know what? It's not time to give up. It's not time to give up. There 
was a man very familiar to all of us, no doubt, by the name of Joseph, that dreamer. Amen. Had the dream of the sheaves, him and his brother binding sheaves. His brother's sheaves bowed to his. He told his brothers they got mad. Then he dreamed that the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed to a star that represented him, representing his mother, his father, and his brothers. And again, his, his family was upset with him. And so one day as he came out to check on his brothers, they saw him coming and they, they took him and threw him into a pit. They took his coat of many colors. They killed a goat. They splattered blood all over his coat, ripped it all up. And they said, all oh, this is all we found, Dad. And they wept. Some beast must have ate my son. They took Joseph out of the pit and sold him as a slave. Hallelujah. Not exactly the, the greatest, greatest turn of events for Joseph. He ends up sold to this man by the name of Potiphar. Ends up in the house of Potiphar and there he works as hard as he can in the house of Potiphar. You know, there's a lot of people in his position would have given up. A privileged son, a son of his father was wealthy. He didn't want for anything and all of a sudden he is a slave in the house of Potiphar. Can't make any decisions for himself, but he is completely under the will of his master. And there he goes and he works as hard as he can, works his way up to the head of Potiphar's house where he is running his house. And, and you say, well, man, that's good that God blessed him in his moment of trial. Well, you know what? His trial wasn't over yet. Because just when things started to seem like they were getting good, uh, Potiphar's wife looked at him, beheld him, and desired him, uh, and called for tried to come on to him. And he, he ran for his life, but she grabbed a hold of his coat. Uh, so he shrugged out and left it behind, and she was mad. So she began to scream and cry. And when they came into the house, they said, what's going on? And he said, oh, that guy came and tried to force himself on me. So Potiphar takes him to prison. And Joseph was in prison as long as Potiphar wanted him to be there. And I would say the proverbial throwing someone into prison and throwing the key away was probably exactly what Potiphar had in mind. But even in prison, as low down as he could get, he worked and rose his way up to a place of responsibility. Amen. Trying to make this story short, but there was two prisoners came by one day. It was the butler and baker of Pharaoh. And they had dreams and were confounded by their dreams. And Joseph interprets their dreams. The butler is restored to his position. The baker loses his life. And, uh, and he said, man, whatever you do to the butler, he said, please, please don't forget me when you get out of here. He said, man, how could I ever forget you? That's never going to happen. He turned around, stepped out the door and forgot all about him. And there Joseph went every day probably thinking, man, surely today will be the day that they come get me out of here. Surely he didn't forget it. Surely he remembers me. But there he was still all alone by the space of a couple of years. And finally, Pharaoh has a dream. Actually had two dreams. He dreamed that there were seven fat, healthy cattle. And they came up out of this river and these seven nasty, scrawny ones came and ate the big fat ones. And they were none changed, but they were still these skinny, scrawny cows. And then there was these seven full ears of corn and seven scraggly ears of corn. And the nasty ones ate the good ones. And they weren't changed. And he was troubled by his dreams. Confounded his wise men, his magicians. Nobody could answer. And all of a sudden the butler... The light bulb went on. He said, I've not done well. There's a man, I had a dream, and he told me the meaning of my dream. And he said, bring him to me. So they got him from prison. The Bible says he shaved his face, put him in a new robe. 
Brought him before Pharaoh. Pharaoh told him his dreams. He said, your dreams are one and the same. Give me seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Better find yourself a man in the seven years of plenty to collect that you can survive the seven years of famine. The seven years of plenty he put away. The man promoted Joseph to second in the kingdom. They say it was somewhere around 13 years between Potiphar's house and the prison. 13 years. Joseph second in the kingdom in Egypt. Collects so much in those seven years of plenty that they couldn't even number and count how much he had. The famine came. It was hard on the land. And here came his brothers. Hallelujah. His brothers come looking for grain. And he begins to mess with them. Amen. By this point, we're over 20 years from the day they threw him in the pit. Lord knows how many years it had been since his dreams. And here he is, this big ruler. And guess who's bowing to him? Hallelujah. Joseph in Genesis 45, verse number one, it says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. There stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptian in the house of Pharaoh heard. Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? I love this part. His brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. All of a sudden, they began to think back 20 plus years ago. And they're looking at this man that only one man in the entire country of Egypt has more power than Joseph. They were probably wondering what the sword would feel like as it took their head off. They were troubled. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, by the way, whom ye sold into Egypt. Just in case you forgot, I haven't. And they were probably troubled just a little bit more. But then he said, now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Joseph said, all you're thinking about right now is the suffering that you put me through. But I'm telling you, God allowed it because God had something for me to do. And because Joseph did not give up, because Joseph kept on pushing and kept on pressing through all sorts of adversity, he was the salvation of his family. Oh, hallelujah. 
Sometimes we wonder why we're going through different things that we're going through. I'm telling you what, it's just you just got to make up your mind that you're not going to give up and you're not going to quit because maybe God's doing some things inside of you that you can be the salvation of your family, of your friends, that God can do something in you that you never imagined if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you don't say not me, not right now. I'm telling you what, you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing and keep pressing. I'll tell you what, when Joseph was sitting there as a slave and while he was a prisoner, I guarantee you none of it made sense. But there came a day when revelation popped into his mind and he realized exactly why he went through what he went through. But he never would have got that if he would have quit. One day Jesus told that parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Hallelujah. Saying there was a judge. He didn't fear God. He didn't regard man. Amen. He lived his own life to his own liking and his own will. There was a widow that said, avenge me my adversary he said no I ain't gonna see him forget it that's, the, that's no concern to me you having an adversary don't bother me I got my own life he would not but after a while he said though I don't fear God nor regard man because this woman, this widow, troubleth me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Hallelujah. There was a time in my life when I wanted a job at a certain place. Don't ask me why, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. It was at a tire shop in Hood River, Oregon called Les Schwab Tires where their motto is sudden service. In other words, there's no walking allowed. If someone pulls up in the parking lot, you were to run to their car before they could get to the store and ask them if you could help them. If you were going to get tires, you ran to get tires. Once you got the tires, you ran back with the tires. <laughs> Praise God. Try rolling four tires and running. It's great times. But I wanted to work there. It was, I thought it was a cool place. And so... I went down there and applied. I had several people tell me, if you want a job there, you're going to have to go back every day, every other day, just bug them to death. I said, all right, sounds good. So about every other day, I'd go in there and bug them. And finally, they hired me. Nine months later, I wanted to know what was wrong with my head. <laughs> went back where I came from, went back to work for my dad. Amen. But I'm telling you what, I wanted it bad. And the only way to get it was to bug them. This woman was wanting something bad. And so she kept coming, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. And he said, no, I ain't doing it. But finally, he said, because she wearies me, because she's driving me crazy, I'm going to avenge her. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge 
his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Is God not going to hear our prayer if we're crying day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night? He was trying to tell them that they had to pray without giving up. They had to pray day and night without giving up. If you really need an answer from God, if you're really needing something from him, uh, you can't take it there one time and think that's going to be good enough. Uh, but you better pray it day and night. Uh, every time you get down to pray, say, oh, God, I need you to intervene. God, I need you to avenge me. God, I have this situation. God, I desire to see this happen. And I'm not going to give up till I see it. I want to tell you want an answer to your prayer? Don't give up. Don't quit. You say, oh, I've been praying it for years. Don't quit. Don't give up. Oh, but I'm not seeing nothing happen yet. Well, don't give up. Don't quit. Your answer's coming. It's on its way. But don't give up. Keep going back. Keep going down and praying and getting a hold of God. But don't give up. Hallelujah. Had a man tell me a story one time. If it was his grandmother, a man that prayed earnestly for her family, that God would save them. And uh, prayed hard. Gave it everything she had, praying, seeking God. And uh, when she died, one granddaughter was in church. It's all she ever saw in her lifetime. But the time that he was telling me the story, there was over 40 people, descendants of that lady, living for God, several of whom were preachers preaching the gospel. You say, but she never saw it. Well, you know what she also didn't do? She never gave up. She never gave up till the day that she died. She gave it everything she had. And do you think God didn't hear her prayers? Do you think God's not hearing what you're saying when you're praying for revival, when you're praying for a move of God? You say, we haven't seen it like we want. We haven't seen it like we desire. Well, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. But keep going back. Keep praying because God's hearing it. You're building up a memorial in heaven. And someday you'll see revival. Cornelius went down to pray like he had all the time. But this day was different. An angel came and spoke to him and said, your prayers have built up a memorial. God has heard your prayer. He's heard every one of them. And there's this memorial in heaven. And all that, here's coming your answer. You might be a Gentile and the Holy Ghost hasn't fell on them yet. But that's fixing to change. 
because there was a man by the name of Peter who was on a rooftop and all of a sudden a sheet came down from heaven with all sorts of unclean animals on it. And he heard a voice saying, take and eat. And he said, no, I've never eaten anything unclean. If I remember the story correctly, God said, don't call unclean that which I call clean. And when he came out of it, there was someone knocking on the door. And knocking on the door were some men from the house of Cornelius saying, told them the story. So Peter got a few folks to go with him. And they headed off down to Cornelius' house. And they told him the story again. And he began to preach to them. And while he yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And they began to speak with tongues. And so Peter turned and he looked at those that were with him and said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized as well as we? Then they said, Because they received the Holy Ghost. For we heard them speak with tongues. Hallelujah. A memorial. A memorial. A memorial. You might be praying for a loved one or a friend or you've been praying for years. Well, I'm telling you tonight, don't give up. Don't give up because your prayers are building up a memorial. And someday, I'm telling you what, God is going to step in and God's going to get to move if we don't quit. It may look impossible to you right now and the situation looks bleak. I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't back down. But keep pressing on. Keep pushing forward because that answer's just ahead. Hallelujah. Galatians 6 and 9 said, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we don't quit. You're going to reap if you don't faint. If you don't quit. But you don't understand what I've been through. Well, maybe not, but... Let me tell you what a man in scripture went through. It would be enough to make most people quit. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. This is the apostle Paul speaking, writing to the Corinthians. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent. In deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. How many of y'all remember that description Pastor Riggin gave of one of those beatings? Paul said five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, journeyings often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, 
in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. A little synopsis there of the life of the Apostle Paul. But when he wrote to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, forgetting everything behind me, forgetting all the pain, forgetting the failures, forgetting all those things that are behind me, I'm reaching out and I'm pressing forward because there's a prize ahead of me and I'm not stopping till I get there. Hallelujah. We allow sometimes some of the simplest things to discourage us and to slow us down in our walk with God. We have never come close, none of us, to experiencing what the Apostle Paul did. Yet he said, forgetting those things, I press, I press, I press. You didn't hear what my family member told me the other day. No, I didn't. But I came to tell you tonight, don't give up. Don't give up. Oh, but I'm tired and I'm weary. Isaiah chapter 40. Hey, Amen. I threw this one in at the end, brother. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. Isaiah writing said, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. God's not going to quit. God's not going to get weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord, this word renew can also be revive. When you're waiting upon the Lord, He'll revive your strength. That you can run and not be weary. That you can walk not faint he'll give you the strength that you need to carry on one more day if your mind's made up that I will not quit (laughs) 
read a story one day about a woman back several years ago, long distance swimmer. I believe she was trying to swim from the Catalina Islands, I believe, to the shore of California. It's 28 miles, I believe it was. And she had an escort with her and she took off swimming. A foggy, cold day. She couldn't see. She was headed. Fog was so dense. And she swam. She swam. She swam. She swam. And finally, she, she said, I can't go any further. She said, I, I just, I feel like I'm swimming in circles. I, I can't go on any further. And her, they pulled her into the boat, not realizing she was less than a mile from her goal. And she gave up. She couldn't see it. And so she quit. She gave up. A few days, weeks, months later, she was so frustrated by her near success. She went back out. This time was a sunny day. And with no hesitation, no stopping, swam straight to the shore and completed her swim. But sometimes I wonder in our walk with God, if you'd stand with me tonight, if there we are pressing on, and all of a sudden the fog comes around us. We get discouraged, we get down, we get low, because all of a sudden we can't get our focus on the goal. We can't see the goal. And I wonder sometimes if that's not why some folks have drifted away from God, because they got their eyes off the goal and they lost sight of where they were headed for. And something inside of them just died and they quit just that close to their goal. I want to tell you something. We are staring the end in the face and it's not the day to give up. It's not the day to quit. I'm telling you what, we have been experiencing a powerful move of God. It's not time to give up. We haven't completely got where we're wanting to go yet. We need to dig down just a little bit deeper and make sure that God knows, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Make sure that enemy knows, though he may try to discourage, and he's attacking left and right. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit. I've got my mind fixed. I've got my eyes on the prize. And I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep pushing. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. If it costs me my blood, sweat, and tears, I will not quit. I will not give up. I know my answer is just around the next corner. I know it's just ahead over that next hilltop. And I'm not giving up. I'm not going to give up because my answer is just ahead. My answer's just ahead. That loved one I've been praying for for years, we're just about to see them with their face in the altar, with the tears of repentance flowing as the Holy Ghost falls. I'm not going to give up. Oh. Hallelujah. That old prodigal son, he was out there living the old uh, wonderful life that he chose to live. Uh, out there having himself a party. 
back at home was his dad sitting there worried, wondering, no doubt praying, wondering what happened to that prodigal son. All of a sudden, a visitor showed up and said, hey, hey, you should have seen what I seen your boy doing yesterday. You'd never believe it where I saw him. That old father, he'd head out to the barn, get himself a bucket of corn and take it to the calf. Look at that calf and say, we're fattening you up because my boy's coming home again. The next report that came, it was another bucket of corn. He said, uh-uh, he's coming home. I know someday he's going to. I'm not going to give up on him. I'm not going to quit on him. Hallelujah. And every day he'd get up and off in the distance he'd look, wondering if today would be the day. And finally that day came when he ran to his son. He hugged him and kissed him and welcomed him home. I'm telling you, there's some prodigals that are just about to come home. It's time to take some corn and get the calf fat because we're about to have a celebration. Hallelujah, if we don't quit, if we don't quit, if we don't give up, I'm telling you, they're coming. If we don't quit. Hallelujah, in the voice of all the naysayers, Amen, right in their face tonight. Can we in faith step out and say, ah, I'm not gonna quit. I'm not giving up on my brother. I'm not giving up on my son. I'm not giving up on my mama. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna give up because someday they're coming home. Someday they're coming back and I'm not gonna give up. That one I've witnessed to for years. Worked with them for years, talking the talk, living the life before them, trying to convince them. And they always tell me, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep talking to them. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to faint. Because someday... I'm going to reap if I don't quit, if I don't give up. Never, 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 never. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to turn my back on God. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Not everything goes perfect all the time, but I'm not going to quit. Amen. Nobody would have blamed Joseph if he would have given up in the prison. Nobody would have gave up. I would have blamed him if he gave up in Potiphar's house. But because he said, ah, I've got a dream. God gave me a dream. And someday I'm going to see it. It looks impossible right now. But I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Hallelujah, maybe God gave you a dream one day. Maybe God gave you a vision. It's not time to give up on it. It's not time to quit. It's time to bring it to the altar again and say, I'm not giving up. I've got my mind made up. Someday, someday, I'll see it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight, the close of this service. Amen. If you've got something maybe that you've been praying about for a long time, why don't you step out in faith tonight and bring it up here to this altar and say, I'm not giving up, God. I'm not quitting, God. I know your answer's coming, God. I refuse to give up. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this house tonight? Is there anybody that's longing for something? Anybody been given a dream? Anybody have some kind of vision? Anybody have a need tonight? It's time to bring it to him and make sure he knows I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit.